Ruby Ryder. Welcome to Begging Paradise Podcast number 269 on November 4th, 2020. I'm actually recording this on November 3rd, and don't ask me what the election results are. (laughs) I don't know. I've been isolating all day long. (laughs) So, I am changing the world one ass at a time. I can't pay attention to the election, although I have voted. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Click the orange Become a Patron button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Just click the blue Donate button. Another way to support my work is by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of EnticeMe, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. <laughs> Jumping right into your letters, this is a reply from the guy we did the pegging celebration time for in podcast number 266. He was the one that brought up the whole eating your own cum aspect thing. So yes, we heard back from him. Here you go. Thanks so much for including our letter on your last podcast and extra special thanks for playing the music as well. We did indeed receive and try out the Fuse Wild. It's already become a favorite, though we have had some issues with it slipping out of the Jacques harness. Since I brought up the topic of cleaning up, I thought I may have some insights. I think a lot of men get the urge to try it. Many don't because of the obvious drop in desire post-ejaculation. This is where pegging has the lead for me. After a pegging session, my desire stays elevated for longer. I also find that if I have either ejaculations or pre-cum during pegging, it's easy to clean that up as desire is still elevated. There's also something about the taste mingling with my partner's bouquet that makes it so much more appealing. The constant flow of pre-cum that I get from prostate stimulation helps too, as it's different in taste and texture from the final ejaculation. One of my most persistent fantasies is to fuck my partner PIV, come in her, clean her up, and then have her fuck me. On a sad note, we have had to retire a treasured dildo this week. You can see what happened in the attached photo. I blame myself as I was begging my partner to fuck me really hard. (laughs) All the best. So the picture that he enclosed with this is of one of those dildos that has the balls attached at the bottom and literally the balls are just kind of split away from the main toy. (laughs) So uh, I would play a little sad tune for the demise of your favorite dildo, but (laughs) I don't really have a sad tune to play on this podcast yet and I don't think I'm going to go out and find one, but we all do acknowledge that you lost one of your treasured dildos. Now, as far as the fused dildo falling out of the Jacques harness, here's the deal. The bases of those fused dildos are made so that you're going to need a stabilizer ring to go in back of them behind the harness. So you would put the dildo through the stabilizer ring, and it's like a foam ring, and then you would put it through the sewn-in O-ring of your Jacques harness. That will keep it from falling out. The thing is is that that sewn-in O-ring is just a little bit bigger than the 
base of the dildo, so it can pop out sometimes. The stabilizer ring should do a great job of holding it in there. I'll put a link for that in the Linkorama. And thank you for your continued thoughts on the cleaning up after ejaculation. I've got a few of those responses, so yes. And you all talk about that drop in desire post-ejaculation. It's like, oh, that sounds really, really good, and then you ejaculate, and you're like, no, not really. <laughs> so thank you for the update, and I hope you get your fantasy soon. <laughs> it was my pleasure to play that music for you, too. You guys so deserved it. Okay, here is my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I just listened to your episodes 266 and 267 and wanted to comment as both you and a couple of your listeners felt the subject should be talked about more. And I agree regarding cleaning up and the taboo and stigma surrounding it. Years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I had a girlfriend that would perform oral sex on me. But when I got close to coming, she would pull me out of her mouth and finish me off with her hand, stating she thought cum was gross. Of course, I didn't want her to do anything that she was uncomfortable with, so I went along with her wishes, but I thought I would try it to see what it tasted like, assuming her dislike was due to taste. When I was alone, I masturbated, but right after orgasm, I just plain lost interest. Your listener mentioned the refractory period, of which I totally agree. After climaxing, there's a period where I call it my sex semi-coma period, and sometimes I'm lucky if I can remember to breathe, let alone do anything else. You could wave a $1,000 bill just out of my reach, and I might try and swipe at it a time or two and make some weird guttural sound, but quickly give up. My thought process was similar to your listener, in that I thought if I liked a woman to let me come in her mouth, I should be able to see what she experiences. I tried this a couple of times, never accomplishing it, and gave up and forgot about it, just accepting the fact that if a woman didn't want to perform oral to completion, then I would have to live with it. My ex-wife did, although not very often, but I knew it was something she wasn't really into, but that she did it to please me, which was pretty awesome that I had a partner that wanted to please me, which I always loved pleasing her or any partner for that matter. After a couple of years, we got divorced and I had a girlfriend. One Saturday afternoon, we were both horny and ran into the bedroom for a little afternoon delight, but I was too horny and didn't last very long, so once I caught my breath, I had her get above me so that I could finish her off with my tongue. In a moment or two, she scooted down away from me and told me she could feel my cum running out, and I could see it at the opening of her vagina, and without thinking about it, I just grabbed her hips and pulled her back over my mouth and watched as it dripped into it. She was so turned on that she began running her clit, and more and more of our combined juices flowed into my mouth. It was really hot for both of us, and after that, every once in a while, we would do something where she had me eat my cum, whether by snowballing, licking it off her breasts, cream pies, a favorite, as I can taste both of our love juices, etc. I was really pleased that she got so turned on by this, although I always had to overcome my instinct to just fall into my sex semi-coma, but her encouragement really helped with that. I think part of her turn-on, she said, was that I was open enough with my sexuality to do this. Sure, there are those who even claim to be sex positive that think this activity is a little too kinky, but that's fine too. I would, however, suggest to the guys to at least give it a try, as I've read where other women are really turned on by this as well. I know that some guys are into it for the humiliation or being dominated, but for me, it was just a loving, caring expansion of our sex life. It does really help a guy to understand why some women don't mind it, while others don't. And as your listener said... Why expect her to do something you're not willing to do yourself? I realize all guys have a different taste, but I found mine not to be nearly as bad as I thought. Imagining it was like battery acid or pickle juice, laugh out loud. Actually, it didn't have much of a taste at all, kind of bland, if anything, which some would consider not tasting good because our taste buds like tasty things. I read where it tastes a little salty, but it was more like minerals, which it contains plenty of. I found I did like the texture, kind of like thick cream and sensual, especially knowing what it is, which is more important than the taste. I know this subject is a little off topic from pegging, but you brought up the letters pertaining to it, so I thought I'd throw my two cents into the kitty. Thanks, Ruby, for your work in helping people get around the taboo of pegging and opening a new pathway to sexual pleasure for couples and singles. And he signs it a taste tester. <laughs> Very clever name. <laughs> 
And thank you so much for sharing your story around eating or tasting your own cum. It, you know, it's gone beyond tasting when it's, you know, bury your face in her pussy and, and lick it off her breast. You are eating it. You're absolutely eating it. You're not just tasting it. <laughs> So thanks for sharing that story so much. All right, here is my next one. Hi, Ruby. I wanted to comment on cum cleanup from podcast 267. I actually enjoy my own cum. I love it when I come inside my wife and immediately have her sit on my face so I can bring her to orgasm while lapping up both of our tasty juices. When I'm alone, I will shoot it into my hand and eat it that way. When I do self-prostate milking, I catch all the fluid in a shot glass and drink it up. I actually like the prostate fluid taste better. Wish there was more of it. I eat a pretty good diet that includes lots of fruit. Pineapple definitely makes a difference in taste from my years of doing it. Feel free to use my name and location if you decide to mention my comments. This is James in Charleston, South Carolina. And thank you, James, for adding your two cents to the kitty about eating cum. You have evolved further in terms of catching it and in your hand and eating it when you're alone. And you don't have to have a partner there. You just like it. And the shot glass thing with the prostate milking, yeah, that whole idea is kind of hot. I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Here is my next letter. The subject is my struggle. Hello, Ruby. I just stumbled across your podcast this week. I've listened to almost 30 of them so far, and I just have to comment. So I decided to share with you my lifelong struggle. I wish I could have had this information 30 years ago when I started with anal stimulation. I was so confused, ashamed, and felt guilty every time I stimulated my ass. Those feelings would only last a day or two before I desired to be penetrated again. However, directly after, I would fall back into the dark feelings again. I lived a roller coaster of emotions for years. The second part of my difficulty was my persona. I'm a strong, tall, attractive man who works in the trades as a heavy equipment mechanic and I'm also a firefighter. Why would someone like that be interested in such an act? The battle begins deep inside. The beginning. As a teen, I would press into the taint area with one hand while masturbating with the other. It felt strangely wonderful, but I always felt there's more. Into my 20s, married with children, my wife and I purchased our first dildo. There wasn't much of a selection, and we ended up with a hard, plastic, vibrating dildo. This crud mechanism was the key to my discoveries. At first, I tried to slip it in like I would push my cock into my wife. That alone taught me how to be a more patient lover. I learned to go slow, take my time. There was no race to win. As time went on, I became a better lover to my wife and myself. But I continued to feel the wrong that I was doing and hid it from my wife. Keeping my secret, my anal stimulation was only complementing my masturbation and hadn't manifested into great amounts of pleasure yet. During my 30s, more discoveries were made, better toys were purchased, and the pleasure increased. In this era, I confessed to my wife I enjoyed anal penetration. It was a difficult confession and not only confused me, but also my wife. Now she was questioning herself and was wondering all the typical thoughts you talk about in podcast number 112. My journey continued with confused support from my wife. She did her best to learn and understand. I did my best to prove to her I'm still the manly man she married. As we entered our 40s, things changed. The stigma was gone. The horrible feelings were over. We both had learned and grew together, accepting this act into our lives and embracing the pleasures brought by it. This allowed me to freely experiment and discover the depths of the beast. I have spent thousands of hours tuning into my body and soul. I did detailed research to learn the male anatomy. The process was extensive with great reward. I've learned how to have different orgasms by controlling different muscle groups. Control became the key ingredient in the depths of pleasure. I've also learned how to completely control all my sexual functions. This allowed me to control ejaculation during PIV sex by not ejaculating for hours during intercourse. During anal play, I discovered how to have the infamous hands-free wet orgasms or the full-body dry orgasms. Most of the time, I will not bother with my cock and allow it to just stay flaccid, directing all my focus anally. These are usually the best orgasms, deep, full-body, mind-altering, 
earth-shattering and last for an inconceivable amount of time. I would be confident to admit to 20 to 30 orgasms back-to-back over a three to four hour session. What I can't control is what my body wants. I may start with the idea of a full body prostate orgasm. I end up riding a dildo like a rodeo star with my heavy but not hard cock flopping and squirting vast amounts of mixed fluids all over myself and my surroundings. Although this may be messy, it has become highly requested by my wife. Sneaking up on our 50s, our journey has been long and beautiful. We do have a large selection of toys and lubes. We both have discovered size, shape, texture, and vibrating all have their place. Our toys range from 1 inch up to 2.5 inches. That's our limit. Although a strap-on is not in our toy box yet, we do both enjoy using toys on each other and ourselves. Our ultimate sex is still the intimate, slow, passionate, body-to-body, breath-to-breath, soul-to-soul lovemaking until the universe explodes. I love what you're doing, and I hope you can take some of this information and share it with others. There is more to what we feel, and it does not happen quickly. Be patient and learn what your body wants and how it works. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. I'm not implying I'm an expert, but I am knowledgeable and experienced. Wow. You really have explored. I've no people like that who have basically just undertaken the pleasure that their body can experience in all the different erogenous zones that they have as sort of like a college course. They've treated it like a college course and spent hours and hours learning how their body works. It's an amazing process and it can really take you quite, quite far. I have to admit, I have not done that yet. And reading your letter, I'm thinking, I really need to do more of that. (laughs) Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I may indeed be contacting you in the future, but if you have any other comments from what you have learned as you listen to the podcast, please feel free to share them because it does sound like you have gone further than most in terms of your anal explorations. And I celebrate you. And I also celebrate that you have found your way through all of that shame and embarrassment. That's an excellent place to be where you are now on the other side of that. So I appreciate you sharing your story because absolutely I will resonate with some of my listeners. Thanks again for the letter. Here is another letter. Hi, Ruby. Love your website. I always find myself checking back from time to time. Great content. Looking for a little advice. Both myself, 28, and my girlfriend, 27, have been together for four years and are into the kinky stuff, which I am really grateful for. In the early days of our relationship, we used to do it all the time. For the last few years, it hasn't been so frequent. In fact, regular sex hasn't been so frequent. A lot has happened with bereavement and self-confidence on her side, which I totally understand and fully support. I also have my own business, which means I work a lot and struggle to balance things. I'm working on it. To my point, I'm a very big fan of pegging and other aspects of femdom, and I have always struggled to initiate. I'm aware that this type of play requires a degree of planning. However, my girlfriend really hates scheduled sex. I admit that I need to work on my initiating skills as I tend to hint instead of making a move. Any help or advice would be greatly appreciated. My girlfriend is absolutely wonderful and I love her to bits. I really just want her to get back to exploring that side of each other again. Thank you. Okay, here are my thoughts on that. There's two ways to approach this, and you don't have to choose between the two. You can actually do both. (laughs) So one has to do with your preparation, because see, keeping clean, there's two different parts to keeping clean. The first is what you put into your body, and the second is actually physically cleaning out your body. So the better that you do that first part, the less you're going to have to do on the second. And wouldn't it be wonderful if she could bend you over any time she wanted, or she could bend you over any time you found the courage to ask her, and there was no delay, especially since she doesn't like scheduling things. And it seems that you're okay with her not liking to schedule things. So let's work from that premise. 
If you have a diet that is filled with lots of good natural foods, raw foods, salads, vegetables, and is lower on the side of eating things like processed foods, fried foods, meats, sugars, grains, stuff like that, then your body will naturally keep more clean. Your excrement will naturally come out of you smoother and leave less behind. You can also supplement your diet with a a dietary supplement that is meant to increase your fiber. Kind of, you know, Metamucil is the brand that most people know, something like this. So the one that I've talked about on my podcast before is Pure for Men. And I just stumbled across this when I was on Amazon a long time ago, and I used to actually buy things on Amazon, which I don't anymore. However, (laughs) Pure for Men is marketed by gay men to gay men and is basically marketed very cleverly as a product where if you take three in the morning and three in the evening, you can be bent over any time and you are clean as a whistle. And I talked about it on my podcast. To date, I would say at least 12 to 15 of my listeners have tried it out. The reason I talked about it was because they had thousands of reviews and it was a 4.75 rating. So I will put the link for that in the linkorama and it will go to their website. It will not go to Amazon now. Since I have done that and they've tried it out, uh, these listeners who have tried it out, their response to it, they said some of the people were solo players and they said it definitely kept them a whole lot cleaner and they were really surprised. And some of them said it kept them perfectly clean. Same thing as the people with partners. It either kept them perfectly clean or and they didn't have to clean out physically at all or it was just a little bit so much, much cleaner than it usually was. So I think the success of it has been proven. And since that time, people have pointed out, look, you know, that's kind of an expensive product. You could probably get something cheaper because the main ingredient in it is the same thing that all ingredients of dietary uh, fiber are, psyllium husk. So there's a lot of psyllium husk in there. You can just get straight psyllium husk, but Also, it's good to know that if you just take straight psyllium husk, it tends to produce a whole lot of gas. So the combination and the formula of this particular pure for men stuff, they've formulated it so that it doesn't do that. They put some aloe vera in there and chia seeds and stuff. And it's possible that Metamucil might be just as good. So if you want to try that out first and not buy the pure from, and that's fine, but I'll put that link in the link grammar. So that is one approach is basically making sure you are totally clean so that you don't have to do any preparation. This would be totally awesome, wouldn't it? And of course, you know, I always say this and I really mean it. That's why I always say it. <laughs> it totally plays into my fantasy of having a live-in partner where I can bend him over any time I want. Oh my God, that just thrills me. The thought of that totally thrills me. So Moving back into your question, sir, <laughs> the other part about it, the, the uh, initiating, okay? So sometimes it's hard to initiate because you don't know what words to say. And sometimes it's hard to initiate because you're afraid of getting rejected. There's a whole lot of reasons for being shy around that, let's say. So what if you and your partner were to have a little discussion about this and you were able to give her a signal a different way than using words? For example, and I'm just making these up. You can do it whatever way you want. Um, When I put on my black beanie, I want to be fucked. You know, when I tie that bandana around my neck, what I really want is for you to fuck me. Okay. You can do that. And there's still, of course, is a possibility of rejection, but sometimes that happens in couples. You know, one wants to do it, the other doesn't, and you just have to compromise on that and not take it personally because maybe they're tired or what have you. But to have a conversation with her and figure out some kind of signal, you know, You could even take a sticky and put it up on your dry erase board and it could say, please fuck me. (laughs) There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can send her a text. You can play a certain song. You can prepare a certain kind of food for dinner. See what I mean? There's many, many ways. And so that is at least an idea. The other idea is to go ahead and use your words, but to find just the right words. Um, And they don't have to be, please fuck me. You know, they can be all kinds of different words and that you two can talk about as well. For example, you could say, 
I got a powerful need, honey. <laughs> you know, I'm just making shit up, okay? But you can make shit up too, and it doesn't have to be shit. It could be way cool stuff that works perfectly for you guys. And it can be a laughable thing, and a fun thing, and even a sexy thing. So many different ways to express this. You know, my ass is feeling a, a powerful need tonight, honey. <laughs> Whatever. And it can be a funny, fun thing as opposed to a, you're embarrassed to ask for it. Now, the whole shy to initiate thing is not uncommon around receiving the anal stuff with guys. I think it's kind of remnants left over from the whole taboo, shame, embarrassment, whatever kind of thing. But if you have a partner who is totally down with doing the pegging thing, I highly encourage you to take a deep breath and try and let that go and know that she is down for it. And that maybe it's a situation where it does take a little bit more effort and so make sure your side of the street is clean, like I like to say in my podcasts. Make sure that you are keeping her as happy as you possibly can inside and outside of the bedroom. And also make sure that the whole pegging thing is a fun thing for her. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a bunch of different aspects around that. Make sure that she's sexually satisfied as well, too, of course. But if she you know, doesn't really care for the harness that you have, then get her exactly what she wants or getting something really special that she loves to put on and wear and strut around and that kind of thing. If she's not really excited about the toy or if she's jonesing for a toy that maybe will give her some stimulation too. See what I mean? That can be an aspect of the reluctance to do pegging. And then last but not least, when you get around to doing the pegging, if one of the things that she has a tough time with is lasting very long or the effort involved in fucking someone, which is significant, <laughs> then fall back on those positions that you know are really easy for her, where you're riding her or there's a bunch. I'm going to put a link also to the positions, what the best positions are. That can also be found in my frequently asked questions on my website, but I'll put it in the link around for you as well. Pretty much every position that is really good for beginning peggers, givers, okay, I have marked as such. I also go through those in my beginner's webinar. So that does lots of ideas for you. I hope you get fucked more. I hope you're able to find a way to ask for it more easily. <laughs> and I'm happy that you have a girlfriend that is willing to do this for you. And what I didn't mention is you're smart to take into consideration that, yes, there's stuff happening here. You know, she has tough times with the bereavement and the lack of self-confidence. And you have this imbalance of work. So keep those in mind. Stay sensitive to that when you have found a way that feels more comfortable for you to ask for it. So between the cleaning out and not needing to clean out and figuring out a way to more comfortably and easily tell her that you would like nothing more than for her to plow you. <laughs> between those two, I think you're going to get it, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much for the question. Good luck to you and let us know how it goes. Here's my next one. I had a hole, and this is spelled W-H-O-L-E, and I mean hole, and this word is spelled H-O-L-E, new experience during lockdown. With all the lockdown, and with it spending more time with your loved one, you talk so much more. With this, you chuck out a lot of your emotional rubbish and realize you haven't been listening to each other. My wife and I decided to put down the phones and start engaging with each other. I realized I wasn't listening, and my wife realized she wasn't listening to my desires to explore our desires sexually. The long and short of it is we devote one evening a week to explore our bodies. This includes full body massages with coconut oil, and I mean full body, slow rimming, which is so good, and I have been fisted for the first time. Just so amazing. You should have music for this. <laughs> My side of the bargain is to listen, which I think 50-ish guys forget to do. We're still pegging, but in so many different positions. I realize that the phone is a block to communication, and when your partner walks in the room, you should put your phone down and engage with the one you love. 
I couldn't have believed anything could top pegging, but a gently rotated fist is something else. Stay safe and hugs from across the pond, D. <laughs> fisting, congratulations. No, I don't have fisting music, but I celebrate you nonetheless. <laughs> and it warms my heart to hear of delving into that different aspect of your relationship, having this huge realization that, yes, phones are a barrier. Holy crap, phones are a barrier all the time, more and more. So when your loved one comes in the room, put it down. Engage with your loved one. Yes, smart man there. And I do think it is common for 50-ish men to forget to listen. And I think listening to each other is so important, so very, very important. Goodness. Okay, so a gently rotated fist is something else. It can top pegging in your world. Good to hear. <laughs> oh, I'm happy for you both. Thanks for sharing. Here's my next letter. Hello, Ruby. I want you to know that I'm a huge fan of yours. I love listening to your podcast. I would like for you to know that you gave me the courage to ask my wife to peg me about five years ago. And to my delight, she did do it and has done it some, but not as much as I would like. But my dilemma now is I have begun to fantasize about cock a lot. I would love to be with a man, but most of all, I would love to share a cock with my wife. I've never done anything with a guy. My wife and I both have done some swinging together. She has a guy friend that she loves to hook up with, and I have been rewarded with cream pies when she returns home, which I love to lick her clean. But I must say, I know you're always saying that pegging does not turn a person gay. Not sure if you say bye, but I strongly think that between that and my curiosity of different letters that you have read and my curiosity for different porn is what has got me so curious to want to try it. I would also love to dress for a pegging, but with both things on my mind so strong, I have not gotten the courage to tell my wife. I'm afraid of her response. Okay, so... You discovered some new kinks and you are afraid of revealing this to your wife. And thank you for all the lovely things you said. I am thrilled that what I put out in the world gave you the courage to ask your wife to peg you about five years ago. <laughs> That's totally, totally awesome. So let me address the things in your letter here. First, you say you're not getting pegged as much as you would like. And I'm curious about that if you two have talked about it and how willing she is to do it, how much she likes it, and things like that. But you haven't really given me much information in that regard, because that's not your main question. So you've begun fantasizing about cock. This is not unusual to fantasize about cock. It's not like, well, let me see how I can explain it. It's not like getting pegged makes men fantasize about cock. It's that you as a person and your particular sexual orientation is what it is. And that doesn't mean it can't change. So if you have any part of you that is bi-curious or that was bi-curious before you started any of the pegging stuff, then it is not unusual to have that surface. Even if you didn't even realize it was there, maybe you tamped that down and wanted to deny that you had any kind of bi-curiosity because... That's an uncomfortable thing. What do you do with that? And society has a tough time with it too. So now that you've been getting pegged, you have this curiosity and perhaps this has surfaced. So if you understand my meaning, it's not like pegging changes your orientation, but it can help uncover things that were buried. And also I do have to say that sexual orientation is fluid. You know, it can change it, over time. You can decide to explore different things. So back to your question or your point, you have been starting to fantasize about cocks. It does sound like you guys are quite open sexually because you do the swinging. She has a guy friend she likes to hook up with and you've been rewarded with cream pies. That is really kinky and progressive and incredibly sex positive. So... With that in mind, I don't think it would be that big of a stretch to tell her that you have begun fantasizing about cocks. Now, there is a differentiation that I believe is important here from your letter, even though it's kind of a short one and you haven't really gotten incredibly detailed. What I hear you say is you fantasize about cocks. You don't fantasize about like falling in love with a guy, okay? 
That's why I said this is not unusual. There are a fair amount of men out there that just really would love to have a cock to play with. They're fun things to play with. Are you kidding me? But they have no desire whatsoever to be romantic with another man. So those type of people, if you want to put a label on it, are heteroromantic and bisexual. Heteroromantic because you can only envision having the lovey-dovey, close, intimate connection, falling in love type of thing with the opposite gender. But the sexy stuff, oh yeah, you'll go both ways. So bisexual, heteroromantic. I believe that this part is important because I think that if you're going to tell your wife about this, she needs to know this. She needs to know that it's a fascination that you have and you want to play with a cock and perhaps include another person in your play or explore it on your own. Those types of agreements, I don't know what kind of agreements you have in your relationship, whether it's you play together or you play apart. I do know, unfortunately, that the swinging community discriminates a fair amount against gay men and bisexual men, not just a fair amount, a lot. So you may need to look outside of the swinging community to find a fun person to explore with. And it's quite possible that she might want to be there for the first few times. Really depends on how you guys set things like this up and what your rules are around exploring with other people. I do think, though, that if you already do these other things, that she would probably be fairly open to it. I can't guarantee that, of course. But you guys sound really sex positive and pretty kinky. So I think perhaps you have more fear than it sounds like you is warranted in that situation. But another fear that partners have when, when their partner says, I, I think I want to explore Cox, is that they're going to be replaced by one. So that's one of the reasons that I mentioned that whole thing about heteroromantic, that, you know, you emphasize when you share this with her that this is something you want to explore, but it's just a for fun thing. It's an erotic thing. It's a thing that the idea of it totally turns you on. But what really is like the main thing that is never, ever going to be replaced is her. Because you can't ever picture being with another man for any length of time other than just playing around. And then you would come home to her. Same thing with her having fun with someone else and then coming home to you. Uh, ideally, she doesn't react badly to the same gender situation, but it's quite comparable. You also mentioned that you would like to dress, and by that I'm assuming that you would like to put uh, women's things on, lingerie, dresses, what have you. And I celebrate that, and thank you for sharing that, and I think that's absolutely wonderful. I do think that you should take these things one at a time and not do both at the same time. It sounds like the whole fantasizing about Cox is the one that's at the top of the interest list right now. So I think I would share that with her. And I don't know, I could give you a sample script, but it might not work for you because this is such an individualized situation. Uh, it might be like, maybe you guys are having sex, right? And maybe she's having such a good time playing with your cock and you just sort of watch and go, you know, you are having a really fun time playing with my cock tonight. And then follow it up with, and sometimes, and not in the middle of sex, okay? maybe you could do it the next morning. Let me start over here. <laughs> this is funny. So maybe the next morning or later on that night when you're laying there all afterglow and that kind of thing, say, so you had a really fun time playing with my cock tonight. In fact, you had so much fun, it really got me thinking. I think that I'd like to play with a cock too. I think that cocks are really fun. I certainly love mine. And I was thinking about that. What would you think if I said I wanted to explore cocks and have fun with them? Because I'm not looking to fall in love. I'm not looking for a relationship. I have that with you. I love you. You're the only person I want. But I'm feeling this desire to go do a little exploration with cocks. So what do you think? That is a sample script. It may not be necessarily a good one. It may not fit you. That's what I'm thinking. Something along those lines. Save the dressing for later. The dressing is something that you can approach when you've already kind of delved into the cock thing. Hopefully that works really well. Both at the same time might be a bit much. And you know, the fact that you have mentioned about her not doing it as much as you would like I think it would be a really good idea for her to listen to podcast number 112, just because it sounds as if there might be some 
myths and misconceptions that she has around the pegging, and maybe that's why she doesn't do it very often. It could be many other reasons, but the reason I suggest that she listen to podcast number 112, she might listen to it and go, yeah, 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 I already know this, okay? And that would be great, but if she has any of those myths and misconceptions, it's going to carry over into your desire to want to explore Cox. See what I mean? So listen to it yourself first. See what she thinks. And if she's already listened to it a long time ago, that's perfect. And then just have that conversation with her. We are all cheering you on, sir. <laughs> okay. Take a deep breath. Try not to approach it with embarrassment or shame. Try to approach it with excitement and try to keep in mind that you sharing a desire that you have, a sexual desire that you have, is actually a gift because you are allowing her to know you on a deeper level. It would be wonderful if the people we love most in the whole world were easy to communicate with about these things. But sometimes it feels so hard because we fear their rejection. We fear their reaction. We have so much invested in these people, but you have so much invested. You are so close that if you cannot share that with the person who's closest to you in the world, then yeah, you should be able to and should. I hate to should people, but yeah, take a deep breath and let the words come out. And again, we are cheering you on, sir. Thank you so much for the letter. Good luck to you. Let us know how it goes. I hope you get some cock. <laughs> I really do. Here is my next letter. The subject is gratitude. I packed up my dildos and favorite vibrators because of evacuating the August complex fires, which are still burning. I'm back home, but keeping my car loaded, and I can't find my sex toys. It seemed like the perfect opportunity to try a new one, and my search for reviews of the Vixen Buck led me to a Reddit pegging forum, which led me to you. I listen to your podcast for women and feel I really must express my gratitude, admiration, and respect for your clear intelligent and beautiful spirit, not to mention being a font of awesome information. I'm a 71-year-old woman who enjoys fantasizing about women, but when all is said and done, I love cocks. I was a hitchhiking slut in my youth and slept with well over a hundred in my hippie years. Then I threw myself into a celibate spiritual life with a guru. Yes, I slept with the guru and he was terrible in bed. And then Zen, with a few fucks thrown in here and there. I married a man who was a good father and responsible, but very passive-aggressive and emotionally withholding, and also disappointing sexually. Just very vanilla, plus far lower sex drive than me. And then he betrayed me after 25 years of marriage and blamed me for all our problems. We stayed together. But it is for financial reasons, and he has Parkinson's now. It's been quite powerfully difficult and also an ultimately healing experience. I am SIP with him in a remote rural area, longing for him to leave the house so I can wank off properly. I can be loud. Okay, so I have to put in a note here that while I was reading this, thank goodness it's been a long time since I went through the Thomas fire. So SIP, I had to look it up, sheltering in place. Bingo, that is what SIP means. Okay, to continue. In 2017, I met my tantric shamanic soulmate in the form of a Spanish man, 26 years younger than me. We spent about a year's time living with each other since then, when I have been in Spain. The circumstances of the relationship were difficult. We barely speak each other's language with fluency and ultimately tragic. The soul love was real. The sex was cosmic. The life circumstances were so tragic and stressful that we are not in contact at this time. I have to assume that we will not see each other again, even when I return to Spain. I love flamenco. His life could be lost to COVID, poverty, despair. I've been in a state of really deep grieving for this love of my life on top of all the other 2020 pandemic drama. Why I am writing all this is to contextualize the gift that you have given me. My man finally divulged to me that he loved anal stimulation. 
It took an enormous amount of trust in me to do so, given the cultural pressures he experienced growing up as a Spanish refugee from Franco in Germany. I had already kind of turned down his request for butt play on my end, mostly because I have a slightly prolapsed rectum and can get hemorrhoids. I had to confront my own vanilla conditioning. I did grow to enjoy finger penetration. When he revealed his desires and asked me to penetrate him, we were not in bed. It turns out I was mentally unprepared when the time came that he wanted me to explore him with my fingers. It didn't go well. Despite that, the idea turned me on, and he knew that. However, we didn't have enough further time together to really work through the initial fumbling discomfort. It's yet another area where being able to communicate clearly in the same language really helps. It's astonishing to me how much we negotiated without language, but there are significant ways that our relationship suffered because we misunderstood or misconstrued what the other person was saying or meaning. Part of my dealing with the grief of losing him has been my profound anguish that I never was able to give him what he was longing for when he gave me everything I ever wanted and more. He had never divulged this desire to anyone, not even his ex-wife of 18 years, who he had loved. Listening to your podcast, I realized that we both were shy and inept. I don't even know how he would have felt about pegging, but I realized after listening to your podcast that I would probably enjoy it greatly. You helped me not only understand and want to learn more about pegging in hopes that I get the chance to be with another loving man, but also that I can forgive myself for my reactions. I can go forward with no guilt or shame. I'm very grateful to be a person who loves sex. I'm absolutely intrigued and elated to further explore your blog and this source of new pleasure for myself and a potential future partner. I really can't thank you enough. Of all the things I wish I could do over again vis-a-vis -vis my man, perhaps highest ranking would be having embraced his vulnerable and heartfelt request for anal play more purely establishing a pleasure-joy connection, and wholeheartedly. But I don't blame myself anymore. I understand. I've been weeping as I write this. Just thank you. I wish you all the blessings. Whew! Wow, that was quite a share. Quite a share and quite a story. Thank you so much for sharing all that, for writing it down, for expressing it so beautifully in the middle of your sheltering in place. I know the tensions that go with sheltering in place. I've been through the Thomas fire and I know the shelters that go with the pandemic because I'm going through that too. So I feel for you, goodness sakes, and all of that. And there you are taking care of a partner with Parkinson's and you're 71. All of these things blow my mind. <laughs> they totally do. Oh my goodness. I admire your lusty embrace of your sexuality at your age. And I hate to even add those words, at your age, but you know, at 63, I'm starting to think those words myself. So thank you for being a model for me. Thank you for being a lusty 71-year-old. And I just can't tell you how much it meant to read that story. I'm happy to be the source of information for this newfound pleasure. Your expression of how difficult it must have been for that partner of yours to express that, it's just such a profound thing and it's so real. Culture has a lot to do with it. Expressing that for any man is a huge step. So if you are listening to this and you're a potential giver and your partner has said, hey, I think I want to explore this, it took so much for them to step over that line and, and say this to you and admit this because it does feel like an admittance. It does feel like, oh my gosh, I have to admit to this person that uh, I love anal play. The word admit implies that you're doing something wrong or embarrassing or shameful. You're not. You just love having your ass played with. So yes, how wonderful that he communicated those desires to you. And yes, 
It was an opportunity that you missed, but on the other hand, now you understand why. It's really easy to go with those myths and misconceptions. So I hope the tears were cleansing. Thank you again so much for sharing that story. Have a great time exploring my website, and I hope you find a partner to play with. Thanks again for the letter. So now I want to talk to you guys about how it turned out with the Igloo Home Key Box, right? Igloo Key Box 3. So what is the Igloo Key Box 3? Remember, this was the amazing Airbnb product. It's certainly not made by Airbnb, but it's made for rentals like that. And it, it is a lock that unlocks. I wrote a review about it. And I have decided that this is the coolest thing ever for at-distance play safely with chastity, okay? The chastity device, as I mentioned before, I'm pretty sure I talked about this. Uh, the um, And if I didn't, well, my memory sucks. So there you go. <laughs> the chastity device called the Cellmate had some problems. You could hack into it. And there were issues with it not being able to be unlocked. It was dependent on Wi-Fi. It was a bunch of issues. So I wrote an article about that. I will link to that in the Linkorama. So I was doing some distance chastity play with a partner. And this partner, he and I were trying to figure out a way to solve the whole dilemma of doing it safely because his cellmate crashed and burned, right? And Long story short, we came up with this solution. And this solution is actually a big looking lock that the front of it unlocks and there's an inside to it. And that's where you put the keys. The reason this is a better solution is because if you already have a chastity device that you're wearing and you love it and you've got the key to it, well, then all you need to do is lock up the key, right? You've already got that chastity device. So aficionados of chastity who already have found the right chastity device for them, it's comfortable, you've had it on before, it's got a lock to it, it's got keys to the lock, this is the product for you. So the Igloo Keybox 3 is something that does not depend on the internet. This is something where you have the app, you dial into the app, you get on the app and you say, okay, give me a code to for somebody to unlock this lock and then you can take that code and you can send it to them any way you want you can send it via text you can call and read it to them you can send it to them on social media you can have that code be something that unlocks it one time uh, a duration where that code will unlock it as many times as you want during that time period or a permanent lock and clearly these are meant for other reasons than chastity. These other situations like maybe your gardener that comes once a week or something like this, right? But with chastity play, it works beautifully. So I encourage you to go read the article if it's something that interests you, both of them actually, because it's important to know that the cellmate is not a happening thing. And then the Igloo Keybox 3 is an excellent solution. And I tell you all the different ins and outs of it, if you will, of at-distance safe chastity play with an already owned chastity device. And by the way, Tiffany has added a number of new chastity devices on the website at Entice Me. So you might want to check those out too. I will put links to those in the link around as well as the links to the two different articles. So I wrote to Igloo Home and I said, so hey, <laughs> there's this use that you may not have realized is there for your lock. And I'm writing to find out if you do wholesale dropship, because Tiffany was hoping that we could offer them on, on Entice Me. And I was absolutely wondering the same thing too. I was hoping for that, right? So I don't have my original letter, but I managed to communicate that reasonably diplomatic and asked if they'd be open to dropshipping. And I got this letter back. Thank you for reaching out. It is always great to hear about innovative use cases for our products. Yes, we do offer wholesale dropshipping from our U.S. office. Do let me know if there's any additional information I can provide you, and we can jump on a quick call to discuss. Looking forward to hearing from you. So, I forwarded this information to Tiffany because she is the one with the retail sale license, and she would be the one that they would be wholesale dropshipping for, and she started communicating with them. There was a number of back and forth emails and phone conversations. It started to not look very good because they were saying things like, well, we're not really sure if we want to go in that direction. You know, picture me doing air quotes when I say that. And sure enough, 
they basically did not want, they, they gave us parameters that said, okay, we'll drop ship for you, but well, you can't use our logo on your website. And they gave us a horrible price. It was quite clear all the requirements they had with us working with them were put there because basically they didn't want to work with us. So I took the time to send a response letter to the first guy that I contacted who wrote me this. Actually, I shouldn't say guy. I'm not sure whether it's a male or a female. The name is Shalin, S-H-A-L-I-N. Nonetheless, I wrote back and here is my letter. Shalin, I appreciated this response from you, and I forwarded it to Tiffany Yelverton, the owner of EnticeMe.com, who I have an affiliate relationship with. She communicated extensively with your company regarding a possible wholesale dropship account. I was disappointed, but honestly not surprised, to find that your company isn't interested in offering EnticeMe.com, an account with a decent enough wholesale price point, to make it worth the effort, $10 less than Home Depot's retail price. With many qualifiers of not using the logo, etc., it was clear you would really prefer not to do business with EnticeMe. While I understand your company is trying to protect their brand, I find this attitude overcautious, fear-based, and sadly predictable. The United States is a strange place regarding sexuality. So many people are censorship-heavy and sex-negative, afraid of what other people will think if there is even a hint of anything sexual. How can people learn about sex and learn how to have pleasure-filled and satisfying sex lives when the very subject is considered so taboo? Mostly, they don't learn and they aren't satisfied. That is the reality. I'm used to this attitude because I'm a sex educator. We all have sex, and thanks to Fifty Shades of Grey, now everyone knows that some of us have kinky sex, too. Safe, consensual sex is all that really matters. Pleasure is pleasure. Your product allows kinky people to play more safely, which is a wonderful thing. I thought you might like to see my article on the Key Box 3. While you will certainly get sales from this article, I will unfortunately not be allowed to share in the profits, and neither will Tiffany. Two small businesses lose, and you, and probably Home Depot, win. C'est la vie. All the best, Ruby. So, I took some time writing that because it was cathartic. <laughs> it was fucking cathartic, right? But here is the deal, okay? If you guys out there want to indulge in this wonderfully safe method of distance chastity play, okay... Here is what I recommend. Try it out. Of course, you're going to love it because it works great. And then go to wherever you bought it. Home Depot is the place that I think has the cheapest prices. And write a review and shout to the heavens that you have found this awesome way to do distance chastity play and be bold about what you're using it for. Do not use innuendos. Don't get graphic or lewd, but say, hey, if you're interested in kinky distance chastity play, this is an awesome way to do that during the pandemic. It's totally amazing. And I think the more people that we have leave reviews of this sort from wherever you buy this lock, then they won't be able to deny it. And we will have etched out at least a little bit of space in that sex negativity, okay? That's my thing. <laughs> so that is my response to all of this. So go forth and leave reviews, all you distance chastity lovers. <laughs> and yeah, Home Depot is actually the best place to get it. It's the cheapest. It's sold on Amazon too, but you know, Jeff Bezos is a horrible human being. Nonetheless, that is where I am going to leave it this time. And I am going to close down this podcast with the hopes of getting it up before midnight tonight on the day of the election. At the crack of dawn tomorrow morning, I am heading back down to Tijuana, Mexico to have my teeth finished. Yay. I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to be extra careful because of the pandemic. I've already been down there once. I'm going to spend the night and come back on the morning of the 5th. I'm going to do my best to not listen to the news, to not even want to know because got a lot of tension around this election. And I imagine there's a whole bunch of people out there who feel similarly. The one thing that I would encourage you all to do everywhere you go and everyone that you talk with in the next days or weeks, remember they're human beings. Don't other anyone, 
ever, okay? We're all human beings trying to do the best we can. So there you have it. Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blog, podcasts, and my erotica. Pegging 101 offers informational pegging articles only with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website if you like. The follow tab also has links for you to subscribe to my blog. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, MeWe, Reddit, and Please Me. If you order exciting new toys from EnticeMe.com, remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too verifiable, too villainous, (laughs) or too vain. (laughs) Whatever that means. Right. I'm going for the V words, man. It's voting day. I had to go for the V words. I hope you understand. My listeners are going to learn along with you, so don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame.